That is fucking funny. Buddy, what were you doing? You oh, buddy. No. no. That's that's not fair. That's too good. <laughs> You're gonna have to have written like here, there, and everywhere or something. Yeah, I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation of Morocco. People's lives are at risk. Oli Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take it as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, I have a bad shave. Hello comrades and you're very welcome to the Football Spin. It's Football Spin Sunday night after a very busy weekend of football. Uh, Nordin Chowdhury is here, Dion Fanning, Matt Sayward is here. We'll get to Matt Sayward in a moment, but first of all, thanks for uh, taking the show on, lads, yesterday. Apologies about the Leitrim Wi-Fi, but uh sounded very good. No and, problem, uh, Fanning. Particularly interested in this new segment, which is where Matt Sayward comes in, because Championship Corner, I go away and you've probably created what is now the centerpiece of the show. It's the best thing on the show, essentially. Thanks. Thanks very much. <laughs> Nothing yeah. to do with me or Nas. No. You're just declaring it the best thing in the best thing in the show. That's that's one way of kind of you know stressing your own importance too. You know, like, yeah. That's where Matt Sayward comes in. Matt, um, you're going to be chatting to us a little bit later on about the championship. But before that, we understand that you're a man of many talents and skills, and that you potentially could write the jingle to end all jingles to a company championship corner is that is is that possible is that something you can do uh, how what i mean when do you want to start the segment how, how long have i got here you got well, like yeah. 20 minutes 20 minutes. minutes okay uh right i'll see what i can do um is this the first time that you've ever inflicted writing a song in order to be given a platform as like a journalistic standard or <laughs> this is how it works it's show business baby we i mean we've we've got no scruples <laughs> Any anything, any anything we can sort of squeeze out of any guest or anything, but yeah, essentially. But Paddy, right, see, see, Paddy, like we were on WhatsApp. WhatsApp. I don't want to just bring this up, but we were on WhatsApp earlier, and were you not talking about writing a jingle? Well, look, it. <clears throat> I'm prepared to offer a control here. Like I'm saying, a very, very humble clearing of the throat. There. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so could I potentially be going off now to write you this song? It doesn't even get used because you decide now I'm the real songwriter here, and you just pass mine and kick it to the curb. That again to re- to repeat on Dion. That's showbiz, baby. You just gotta go with this, all right? It could go either way for you, but you got it. You got a shot. That's what you got, Matt Sayward. It's like it's like X Factor. <laughs> It's, we'll have to decide whether you make it to boot camp. Judge's houses is really weird this year because you have to go yeah. to four different places. Because yeah. At least you're not in Leitrim this time. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. We're going to let you go because you got your time is you've got eight, 19 minutes now. Your yeah. time's ticking away here, right? So oh, stay on the line though. If there's anything that you want to run by Dion or Nazari, um, uh, yeah, please feel, please feel free. Like, but maybe just, want to, yeah, maybe want to back channel that that Matt so that. Paddy doesn't like steal any of your ideas. Right, I'm just going to go and maximize this time. You know, okay. I, I need to keep any idea of a Paddy I've got here. Okay, go cool. go for it. I'm going to do mine between 
yeah, okay. uh, segments here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Little... But when you're talking, I'll just be away. Uh, what, how, what, are you, what are you thinking of? What kind of, uh, how do you, um, what, how do you see the, or how do you hear? Um, Camp to Corner. Yeah. Definitely a ballad, Dion. I'm thinking it has something, something hard, something hard. <laughs> nobody, nobody <laughs> ever said the championship corner jingle. That's got to be a ballad, I suppose. It is. It is a tragic league in many ways. <laughs> only so, only two can, only three can go up. Why is um? Why is my lovely horse getting, coming into my head now? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. Look at that is a classic Stonewall Neil Hannon. I mean, that that's I don't want I want to set uh, set expectations there at a reasonable level. Like it won't be good, but it's it'll be competitive. That's all. That's where. And speaking of not very good but competitive, speaking yeah, of the championship corner, let's talk some about some football because um, today was the weekend was a big sort of weekend for a lot of the clubs that are in line to be relegated, and and really any of them could be relegated now because. Terrible performances and showings over the weekend from Villa, Bournemouth, Watford and Norwich, all losing. But that is very good news for some other teams, including Brighton. And a, res- a resurgent uh, West Ham under David Moyes. But will we start with Villa? Um, having watched them get beat by Liverpool and they weren't very good. Dion? Yeah. Um, yeah, Villa. Uh, well, they weren't. They, they thought they were going to hang in there and... Um, uh, it didn't work out for them, and um, it, it's another disappointing result. They were Villa, and I have some sympathy for this. Again, they're talking about like Liverpool made their you know three substitutions, used the the five sub rule to full effect, and um, if they felt they were going to get anything, that was a moment when it looked like it, you know it went away from them, and that's that is one of the problems for the clubs at the bottom. Um, in this, you know, reworked, uh, you know, project restart, uh, and this is one of the things that clubs like like Villa probably were concerned about. You know, if your relegation rivals had played Liverpool uh, at, the, at an earlier stage of the season, they wouldn't have had to deal with that. They also wouldn't have had to had the advantage of playing in an empty stadium. So it balances itself out in some ways. But <clears throat> yeah, it was a uh, it was a bad day for Villa. Um, and Liverpool, uh, past and present, um, seem to be uh, determined to kind of put the boot in. Sadio Mane said uh, said after the game that uh, he hoped because uh, he scored I think six goals in six games against them now. So he said he hoped uh, he hoped Villa stayed up so he could score many more goals against them. Um, which I think when I saw the interview, it actually I think he was actually trying to do that. Uh, he was trying to kind of you know give credit to Villa, you know they're a good you know good to keep them in the league. Love to see a club like Villa in the league, big club, and you know great that I score goals against them. Um, but I suppose the, the the thing that was beyond the game, the most notable thing before and after the game was uh, was was Graham Souness and on on Jack Grealish uh, and the sort of bodying of of Jack Grealish, I suppose that. Graham Souness um, uh, affected. Uh, we might listen to some of that beforehand. He had he had something to say about Jack Grealish. When I was playing, I would not want to have been the most is it the most foul player in the Premier League. That means I'm holding on to the ball too long. That means I'm not seeing the picture early enough and taking extra touches when I don't need to. Doesn't it mean you're the ball carrier? It means you're not seeing the picture quick enough, Dave. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, he has ability. 
He's easy, I think, easy on the eye, silky on the eye. Um, but I, I am, um, I'm yet to be convinced by him. I mean, when I was when I was being coached at our club, Liverpool, I, I, I was told that I make the strikers mind up. I, 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 with my body movement, the way I get the ball out of my feet, the way I'm shaping that ball. I'm making them run where I'm looking like I'm going to kick the ball. I just think anyone who gets tackled that much and gives that, you know, and gets that many fouls has not seen the picture quick enough. I, I always come back to, you know, being a, an old midfield player. Would I have liked to have played against them? I'd love to have played against them because it allows me to get to me, allows me to get physical with them. Mm -hmm. Do I want to play against Paul Scholes? He's too quick, Xavi, Iniesta, those types popping it off one and two touch. I, I want to play against people like him because I know he's going to allow me to I would mess him around. Yeah, there's a lot. Even this, so this is before the game. This is uh, um, soonest teeing up Jack Grealish. You know, hoping to see something more from him. Um, but there already there does seem to be like his interpretation of the uh, most foul player stat really does seem to be um, engineered towards you know uh, uh, you know there's a sort of a confirmation bias in it that it is going to give me the hidden the conclusion. That he wants from it, that this proves, uh, like uh, this proves that you know he, he he's taking too long on the ball, he's messing about, he's not doing what uh, he uh, he should be doing. He shouldn't be you know he's popping it off and moving around, um, and you know this would you know this idea. I suppose there is something about the most foul stat that a player like Sunus, his eyes probably light up at as well as a player who liked to commit an awful lot of fouls. He was thinking, you know, if, if everybody was able to foul this guy, imagine what I would have been able to do to this guy. Um, but there's so many other ways of looking at the most foul stat that isn't a kind of, oh, you're not, you're holding onto the ball too long. You're, you're, you're not releasing it. It is that idea that you are the most important player. You're getting the ball more. Villa are looking to you to do things. Everything is going through you. And consequently, the opposition see you as a player. They have to stop. And if they stop you, there isn't a lot else for or there isn't much else for them to worry about no there's a there's a moment there where Sunes talks about he's easy on the eye and he's his movement and but also I think he's talking a little bit about his fantastic hair which we can all acknowledge Jack Grealish has amazing hair and I can't remember who was on this show was talking about his calves a few weeks ago saying he had the, the best calves in the Premier League it's neither here nor there but um it's interesting because Sunas in the past has criticized Pogba and the way he looks and like like there is that sort of element of the fact that Jack Grealish and the way he sort of presents himself and his some of the some of his the personal life stories he's had like in the past he's been uh well in the recent past he's uh he's been in trouble for for stuff away from the football field. I mean how much of like what you hear from Sunas do you think is 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 real and like how much of it can you take on and say this is a guy that possibly couldn't make it at a top club I mean like okay I'm simplifying the question here can Grealish do it for United can he do it for City or Liverpool I mean I don't see why not I mean I mean first of all I found Sunes's like rant slightly bizarre because I don't I don't quite know the point he was trying to make he, he, he just he just felt as if like he either he either disliked Grealish or liked Grealish a little bit too much, and this was his way of coping with it. I mean, you talk about you talk about Grealish's uh, calves, like saying stuff like um, he's he he he's uh, pleasing on the eye. Um, he allows you to get physical with him. Um, 
I'd like to play against him because I'd like to mess him around. Like it, it's quite ero- uh, like uh, erotic in itself. Uh, Fifty Shades of Grealish, but like what <laughs> the, the main the, the main issue I've got with uh, Sunes in 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 all this is is this suggestion that because he's being fouled, that means he's a lesser player. Because if you it, it, with and, and like apologies to turn into a bit of a stats nonce in all this, but um, the most foul player of the last decade in the top five in, in top five leagues in Europe is Eden Hazard with 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 over a thousand fouls against him. Now he's a good player. There's like there's no getting around it. When 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 Luis Suarez was in was in the Premier League, he was one of the most foul players. When Gareth Bale was in the Premier League, he's he was one of the most foul players. Um, Alex Ferguson um, famously talked about courage and bravery, and whenever he talked about courage and bravery, he talked about um, the courage to have the ball and the, and, the, and the courage to take on the opposition. And if you're going to get kicked and you're going to get knocked about, to the, the courage comes from going again, knowing that you're going to get kicked, knowing that you're going to get bashed about. Um, and 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 that is that is the polar opposite of what I think Sunes thinks courage is, because Sunes's idea of of courage and bravery seems to be being offensive, being the attacker, whereas whereas the the Ferguson argument is the person being fouled is the brave one, and 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 in in terms of like what Sunes says, as if like being fouled is 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 a deficiency. It it kind of ignores the fact that maybe players are drawing fouls. Maybe maybe somebody getting fouled a lot is aware that that is happening, and to a certain extent uh, draws that in. Maybe maybe someone like Grealish knows that he's playing for a struggling team that that often quite often isn't as good as the opposition. So, for instance, perhaps set pieces are are, are their best option. So therefore, therefore he can draw fouls in in dangerous areas, and therefore you've got m- more set pieces. And and this and this whole thing, like even even if you go back to like um, Arsenal versus uh, Wolves the other day, um, and and uh, Traore started from the beginning, Arsenal clearly had uh, a plan to foul him. So so they they were taking turns to foul him and bring him down because that's how they were coping with him, and and it actually worked. But that that was that was a compliment to Traore because like he was seen as one of the danger men. And for Aston Villa, if you're playing Aston Villa. You you know to target Grealish. You know to ha- to have a few men on him. You know to sort of um, spread out the fouls against him because because he is the main man and he's the person to stop. And if you stop him, if you if you keep on sort of uh, breaking down attacks where he's involved, that that will do a lot to negate what what Villa do. So in in every way, I just, uh, I just think Sunes is on the wrong track here. It just feels that you, you, you talk about uh, Pogba and the fact he. He constantly has a go at him, uh, and perhaps the fact that uh, that Grealish is a, is a similar kind of player in terms of sort of like he's an individual who sort of dresses a certain way, and and, and he's and he's very individualistic in in, in the way uh, he he obviously sort of like uh, is um, he does his hair and all that. I, I I don't know I don't know what Sunis I don't know what Sunis's problem is, and I don't know what he's trying to say. Even even comparing him to himself, Sunis. He's a, it was a far better player than people give him credit for. Like, like a, a lot of people these days think of him just as a hard man and a fowler. Like, he 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 did have good technique, but his job in in that Liverpool team was to keep it simple when he had the ball because there was other players who could do what Grealish can do. 
And to, he was also so, Flash Sudas. He was also uh, kind of the flashiest player on the on the, on that Liverpool team, which was full of you know people who uh, had all that kind of idea of you keep your head down and you you know you don't you don't do anything that a, a good pro wouldn't do. And so Sudas was all that, but he also was kind of flash. He was a guy kind of ordering champagne when they went out at night. He was. Uh, also, well, well, I've I've seen pictures of of, of Sunes in speedos that I wish I hadn't during his time in Italy with um, Trevor Francis. I think it was. I think it was. So yeah, no, you're completely right. But the other thing, I suppose, we should that was uh, that was Sunes before the game. I suppose we should uh, maybe check in now and see how much Jack Grealish impressed him during the game. There's no doubt to me as the genuine quality. It's just how you. You know, you th- you think he's ready to go to a bigger team, and in a bigger team, he wouldn't have to take so many touches, you know, because people would be showing for a ball and making better movement for him. I'm not so sure. I think, um, yeah, yeah, what can I say? We won't know until or if that should happen. He has got qualities. Um, but I'm trying to think how. See, the, in, in, in the top teams today, do Liverpool take, carry any passengers when they don't have the ball? No. So you know we're. Man City, definitely not. No, no one has anyone who is standing with their hands on their hips when you lose the ball. Everyone has to get their sleeves rolled up and press or be the second one to press or the third one to press. That's something that's not in his game right now. Is that uh, fair, Emil? Is he standing with his hands on his hips? I don't think so myself, but, um, you know, he's, he's in a team that is um, not necessarily... On the front foot, like your top teams, where you give the ball away and then you suddenly go and pounce on people like that. Within when Liverpool give the ball away, within three passes they try and get it back straight away. Whereas Villa, they will drop back into a certain and just keep a certain shape and be very solid. So I'm guessing it's just the tactics that one maybe maybe that they play. Are you related to? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the Heskey thing there is kind of interesting because he's actually making. Uh, a tactical case why you may you may think that Grealish is 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 standing still and not trying, but actually it's because there is a, a, a defensive shape to Villa that also is dependent on Grealish being in a certain position when they do get the ball, and because he is one of the most important players, he needs to be there to get the ball. Um, but Sunas uh, sees everything in terms of um, how things were when he was a player, and you know. Uh, Covering, covering every blade of grass and uh, box to box and all those kind of things, um, and that's how he, he he's framing the conversation. I also think like there is, um, I thought it, it, it was a bit uh, David Brent. Uh, you're not going to lose your job. You're not going to lose your job when you try to think of the top clubs where players don't sit. Around, you know, you don't see players with their hands on their hips because he went Liverpool, and then there's a long pause as he skips past Arsenal. Manchester United, uh, although maybe that's changing a bit, and you know, finally, oh yeah, Manchester City—they don't do it either. But like, there is a big, uh, there is a big world out there between Aston Villa and Liverpool, and nobody's saying that you know, nobody's saying necessarily that Jack Grealish is going to play for Liverpool. Um, but there are plenty of you know, like the idea, like Mesut Ozil. His entire career at Arsenal has been built, but you know, by by having his hands metaphorically on his hips, like and just watching the play go by him. So uh, it isn't that you can't. 
that there isn't different ways of being a top footballer. It comes back to this idea he said before about, you know, he'd be more much more worried about players who are popping it around and all that kind of thing, as if that's the only thing uh, that works in football. Um, and I don't think... I, I think I think there's there's an interesting thing in what Sunus is getting, and I think it probably you know the the inevitability of Jack Grealish leaving Aston Villa now, um, especially if they're relegated. But like this, this he really it's what almost what Sunus is saying. What the, that these conversations uh, with what these conversations do because you know Roy Keane talked about Grealish a couple of weeks ago, smiling on the pitch and not taking it seriously enough. It is actually. Uh, ensuring that he has to, as a player, say, right, I'm going to go to those clubs where I'm going to be tested, where I might not be on the, you know, all those things Sunas was talking about and questioning. Um, I think it is important because there's no, you can't, you can't, you can dispute what Sunas is, what Sunas says, whilst also, <laughs> you know, nobody is saying that Jack Grealish is um, the perfect player or can't improve or can't do these things better. And, to do these things better, he probably does need to be at a club um, where they make more demands on him, where they say, right, just because you're going to be getting on the ball all the time or, or you won't be getting on the ball all the time, so now we need you to do other things as well or we need you to be more adaptable um, and think a little bit differently about your game. That is a good thing from his point of view, but the idea that he can't do it, I think... Uh, um, is you know is is writing is 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 way too extreme a statement. A quick look at the league table says that Villa and Watford are a point apart, uh, twenty seven and twenty eight, uh, and it looks likely now that West Ham might be out of trouble now after their result today. They're four points clear of that relegation zone of Aston Villa, although West Ham and Villa play in the last day of the season, um, West Ham at home, so that that could well you know. That could be six pointer. Uh, Villa have three home games against United, Crystal Palace, and Arsenal, and then they're away to Everton and again on West Ham at that last day of the season. Um, very quickly, just what do you reckon? Do you think Villa will stay up? Watford will go down? Is that what's most likely to happen at this stage? Uh, I know. I I I, I don't know. I I really don't know between those two. Um, Bournemouth and Norwich, obviously. Uh, but I'm not sure what will happen. I think I've, I've, I'm, I'd be worried about Villa, really. Whilst we're recording, Matt, any word on that? Any, uh, Paddy, what about you? We spoke for a long time there. What's the ballad looking like? I appreciate the amount of uh, opportunity you gave me to write the song, Dion, uh, going on for a long time there. About Getting that nothing period. here. Getting nothing. <laughs> I've got uh, a solid 14 seconds. Oh, oh yes. he's back. He's got 14. That's a lot. It's a bit like uh, very countdown esque the way you entered. It there, is. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hundred and forty nine. <laughs> okay, um, and are you feeling good about it, Matt? Not bad. Uh, I mean, it, it's hard to uh, it's hard to stick to the metronome and the click track when I'm keeping like half an ear on the conversation to know. Oh God, they want me to come in. Um, so th- th- there's an element of distraction. Track. Yeah, mate, I'm I'm going all out. This is this is showing off. I, I'm I build a you know th- things that are here for the long long term. Three chords so, um, and the truth, pal. That's what you need. No, but you've been, you're going to be using this presumably oh, yeah, forever because yeah, this yeah. this you, you said this section was here to stay. So I'm taking <laughs> this seriously. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, you've got every chance of winning this face off, Matt. 
I, I, I like to think that us talking about relegation has kind of seeped into the jingle and it's got like a melancholy feel to it. So it'll have, yeah. it'll have layers. Mom, I'm definitely going for melancholy. That's what you want. I'm well, it will sure now that you've added the extra pressure. Thanks, mate. <laughs> All right, Matt, we, you got another uh, 10-ish minutes, maybe less. So um, just enough time to chat about Mason Greenwood. Um, Nas, like every couple of years, a stri- like a, a striker emerges in the Premier League. I don't mean a striker that's bought in for big money and then scores loads of goals, but a striker emerges and people can get excited about seeing a player emerge in front of their eyes, a young player. And it's funny because the last time I remember that happening is Rashford and now Greenwood has come through. And it may be that Mason Greenwood eclipses Marcus Rashford. That's how good he looks. I mean, it's 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 funny, isn't it? Because because we, we've spoken we, we've spoken previously about how uh, you get certain positions that just uh, you tend to have like a flurry of exciting players. Like like so, for instance, uh, Scotland have got I've got like uh, two extremely good left backs now and and a load of good midfielders. Ireland seem to have a golden generation of strikers. Am I right in that? Potentially, some yeah. good strikers come through. Yeah, and 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 here at United, like. For so long, it felt as if because because United United sort of have always brought youth through through and uh, especially um, sort of obviously Ferguson rejuvenated that and and then as well as the class of ninety two, you did have like occasional players that had come in like like Darren uh, um, Darren Fletcher and, and and other players that would sort of come in sort of in a trickle, uh, but getting a striker um, to make it through to the first team kind of felt always felt kind of fanciful. Uh, that was partly because we at United, they always had amazing strikers, like world class strikers. But also, um, the the pressure at a, at a club like United, it just felt as if uh, it was too much to expect even the most exciting talent to come in and graduate into into the first team uh, as a regular. But like uh, the nearest we had before Rashford was Welbeck, who who did a job wasn't wasn't outstanding or anything like uh, world class, but um was decent was good and um but obviously had had his fair share of injuries um the the interesting thing about rashford and uh, greenwood is 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 the is the difference in the youth team because um the, the thing with rashford is is even the most sort of committed sort of follower of of the youth team he wasn't that impressive like he, he, like he, he was never really a player that you watched the U team, and he stood out. He scored goals, but so did so did plenty of players before him, like Fraser, Fraser Campbell did before he he eventually went off to Hull and other clubs. Um, so there was nothing about Marcus Rashford that you kind of thought, right, he's definitely going to make it. So that's why it was quite a surprise when he did, uh, and and he and he is still um, a huge talent, and and there's so much more to come from him. But with Mason Greenwood, it was very. Like like in in the last few years, for anyone who's watched any youth team uh, football at United, it's been very obvious that he's a really really special talent, um, and that and, and that's partly because he's he's kind of got everything because 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 the one the one thing that everyone's talking about now is the fact he's 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 genuinely two footed as it, as in it's difficult to know um, which which foot is is the, is stronger. Um, He's actually decent in the air, um, in the reserves. Um, he, we've not seen that much of that in the first team because obviously players are stronger. But um, he's he's got a good frame and he's going to fill out. So so once that happens, he's going to be he's going to be better in the air. 
he's fast, he's got awareness, he's not just a, a box striker, he, he can link up play. And all of that was 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 quite obvious um at reserve and youth level. And to the extent that like like he looked like he was just playing um beyond his his sort of the level he was playing at. He he just looked too good for that level. But even so the the progress he's made this season in the, in the first team has been startling. It's it's almost as if um, after the break, the, the break his form after the break almost feels like a second season because he's he's kicked on a level beyond what he used to be even a few months ago when he was uh when he when he was quite impressive. Like now he's he just the, the, he, he, I mean forget the technique, forget the ability to score those two goals um against Bournemouth. It's the fact he just went for it. It's the fact he he took on those shots in those positions, and and like he's 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 that good, and he knows he's that good. That literally he knows that give me half a yard, and I'm going to take a shot, and it's going to be a goal. Like that's that's the really exciting thing about him, and it's 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 a combination of things. It's the thing we talked about the other day about that that he's got that knowledge, he's got that he's got that passing ability, he's got that sort of a uh, link up play, but it's. It's it's that it's that speed of thought and the speed of of reaction to know right. I've got I need, all I need is one second or half a, half a sort of sight a goal and I can score. Or, and 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 he's got an amazing shot with both feet. So it's it's re- it's really hard not to get really excited about him because he 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 feels like and again like this is an overused term, but he feels like he could be a generational talent. Yeah, I I think that clip that. Uh, BT Sport put up last yesterday from the game with Bournemouth defenders saying don't let him turn uh, just before he he turned or it was before he didn't turn because they were concerned don't don't let him get back on his left foot and Greenwood just kept going round and they hit it on his right uh, and again that is uh, you know there there are so many uh, signs in him of uh, just one of those players when you see him the, the way. The same way it was with Rooney, the same way it is with certain players where you just look at them and go, okay, um, everything, you you want to see everything this player is going to do for the next five years. You just want to watch everything they do because every time they do something uh, or every time they're playing, they're they're capable of doing something that is kind of jaw-dropping. And uh, Greenwood has that too. Um, Rashford has it. As well, and he's a he's a probably a, you know he's a dynamic player, and as a front three now they're looking they're looking exceptional. Um, but I do think Greenwood is again that sense uh, a bit like and we I you know I've talked about him compared to Robbie Fowler before, but like there is also that sense of the two of them coming along the way at Liverpool at that period. Um, Fowler came along, and then Owen came along uh, three or four years later, maybe five years later. Um, four years later, and you know that's you know that okay, this this is an extraordinary kind of combination of of strikers, and at that time probably uh, there was always always a sense that they couldn't play together because things were much more rigid then. Um, whereas now you know you have a front three where where uh, they they can be accommodated, but I suppose the other thing from Manchester United's point of view is that. Uh, and there's a lot of things that are exciting right now. And um, but if you go back to that Liverpool team when they had that talent, um, it still was it still was a long time before 
they got to harness that talent into an effective team. Um, this is uh, Solskjaer talking about Greenwood uh, after, and also how many goals United could, could have scored in that game or their fans there after the game. He'll always uh, come back to his finishing because they, the goals he scored were exceptional and the timing and timings of all of them were great for us. But his general overall play is uh, improving, his fitness is improving, um, his understanding of his position is improving more and more. So and, uh, I'm delighted with the, with the goals he, he scores and uh, right foot, left foot, doesn't matter. Now it's just about um, getting the headers in. You can see uh, when they go out on the pitch, they're confident, they want the ball, they want to go forward, we want to create chances, we created chances. The energy in the team is fantastic, uh, and that's without our fans. Imagine, imagine that performance in front of fans, that'd be six, seven uh, goals, definitely, because our fans give us extra energy, and uh, too bad they weren't here today. Now, as uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer there talking about um, Mason Greenwood, obviously, and also the number of goals that Manchester United could have scored were their fans in the stadium. Um, we've talked actually on this show about how a lot of teams are actually playing with a lot better not having fans, West Ham, Everton. Um, are Man United, would they, would they be better with a packed Old Trafford? Um, I mean, it's it's impossible to say. Like, I, I've been at games, where, and, and again, like, there's the old joke about sort of prawn sandwiches at United, and United, like a lot of other teams, their away support is is far better than the home support. And uh, and like I, I'd go as far as to say, and I, and I am aware I'm, I am biased, but I'd go as far as to say that United's away support is some of the best in the country. Um, but I'm not sure whether United would have scored more goals. It's it's one of those that is it, first of all it's impressive. Are you really saying they would have scored one more goal? Is that is that what you're saying? Six or seven? Unless you mean six or seven more. But like they scored five, so like he's not giving that much credit to the fans, you know. They scored, also, we'd have scored, we'd have scored one more goal. <laughs> but 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 also also it's that thing like go back to Greenwood. Um, he don't get me wrong, like he's he seems like he's got an excellent temperament, and he was scoring goals in front of packed crowds before the break. However, you do wonder whether, in a strange way, this this extra level he's reached. Has it's it's kind of it kind of works for him because like players often talk about in in training they do amazing things and and perhaps sometimes in games there's a lot more pressure there's a it's for real there's this fans sort of um, cheering or, or groaning at every miss or goal um, maybe this is a perfect time for Greenwood to to show how good he is and just play with with no fear play play for play with no sort of consequences in terms of fan reaction and just really enjoy it. And then hopefully by the time the fans do come back, um, he will be completely established, completely confident in his own ability. And and, and, and then it, it, we can look back at this time and kind of think, well, actually, this, this sort of halfway house between doing amazing things in training and doing amazing things in, in uh, stadiums full of, full of people, um, we had this sort of... Uh, um, strange period in between that just worked perfectly for his progression I yeah I don't think there's any doubt that it's helping um, players who would normally I'm not talking about Greenwood necessarily I think that's probably right how, how it's helped his progression but I think there's there's definitely um, uh, a sense that players who are teams who might have been burdened by 
various aspects of a crowd, whether it's a home crowd or an away crowd, um, are benefiting in a different way from them not being there. Uh, and I wonder about Solskjaer's thing because you can talk about what they would have been like willing, willing United when they were attacking, but Bournemouth took the lead, the lead uh, on Saturday. Um, and if you're doing that, if you're Manchester United, okay, you're on a good run now, so maybe they'd be a bit more forgiving. But at the same time, um, a home, a Manchester United crowd, scarred as they are by many recent failures, are going to put a bit more pressure on a team uh, if if they go behind like that. So all that is removed. Now, you don't know how they're going to respond to that. The crowd might get behind them, but you don't know how players are going to respond to that. Um, and all that being removed is going to help players who would be affected by that. And um, I think you look, I think a, a good example here is Arsenal. Arsenal have won, Arsenal beat Wolves this weekend. Uh, um, you know, they beat Southampton away in their last Premier League game. Uh, they beat Sheffield United away in the Cup. Um, but they beat Wolves. Now, do you really feel Arsenal? Arsenal, Arsenal would have beaten Wolves um, uh, you know, in a game when they're both like at the top of the table, they're both going for something uh, if it wasn't um, if, if, our, if, if the crowd was there. Um, I, I think you know Arsenal haven't won, hadn't won an away game in the Premier League since the beginning of December, um, and now they're, uh, and now they've won the last two, you know, and uh, like it's, um, it's definitely helping them, and it does help. It does help players, as I say. I think of a certain, um, you know, it just takes the pressure off. Everybody understands the thing about the pressure, the thing about. The thing footballers, kids, when they're playing football, the thing they dream about is going out in, in front of a packed stadium. But everyone also knows that those epic moments, uh, I, I, I felt it when you're at those big games. You know, if you're at a massive game, I remember certain games I've been at European Cup finals and stuff where you're going, I don't know how the players can actually, <laughs> there's a kind of uh, level of mental strength required even just to walk out onto the pitch. So, you know, the atmosphere is so tense and that's not there. So none of that is there. So their tension, you know, there's still a will to win and a, a tension, but none of that is there. So um, I think there's lots of people and lots of teams benefiting from this right now. And as Nas says, next season, um, whatever way they, and they probably will be able, why aren't they letting, there's no reason to be playing behind closed doors anymore. I realize this weekend, we're looking at, at people in, in Soho and in Dublin, everywhere, out in the street after they've been to the pubs, and yet we're playing football behind closed doors. Why? Why are we doing that now? Um, this, this is what this is what pisses me off because you, are, you like any time there's any talk about football, any time there's any talk about um, a ground being full of football fans, the, the people who who want that to happen, and because we all want it to happen, but people who argue for it to happen always say. The scientists, the scientists say that actually large groups of people like that are less liable to spread uh, the virus than small groups, and 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 that is that is a known scientific truth. But the problem, the, the argument I've always had to that is that's fine. 
in the stadium or watching the game, they might not be interacting and breathing on each other as much or sort of uh, uh, collecting in, 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 in groups, very close groups. However, going to the game, uh, like traveling to the game, going to the, going to the pubs around the, around the stadium after the game, that's where fans would congregate. That's where fans would be in close proximity. That's where you'd get loads of little groups, people very close together. And that's how coronavirus would spread. Now, this whole thing with, with the government opening up the, the pubs and, and allowing people to, to drink, it to, like Dion says, it totally negates the argument because now the thing that was most dangerous about, about football matches, which was all the, all the smaller gatherings around football rather than in the, in the football ground, those are happening anyway on a Friday night in fucking Soho. Yeah. No, I think I like I think if you want to and you could probably do like sort of mitigate against certain aspects of that anyway, you could say, you know, it doesn't matter because the pubs are open anyway, but close the pubs around again, uh, around the around the ground before a game, play games in, in play games of crowd, like play them. Don't play nighttime matches, certain things like that. Okay, public transport is one that's going to be tricky, but. There are ways you could mitigate that and you could have people in the ground. But especially now when people like pubs, pubs are the, the everything you everything that we know about coronavirus is that like places like pubs and nightclubs and when they open are the place where you're going to spread it a lot more than actually being at a football ground. Um, and as Noz says, like it is the other. So when, when they at the other end of lockdown, when they weren't, when they didn't call off matches, they had this very purest view where. I, I can't remember which one of them was, if it was Witty or the chief scientific officer, what's his name, Balance. Uh, one of them, were, I think one of them said, you know, well, football, you go and you sit in a seat and you leave and you don't really come into contact with anybody. And that's true if you, uh, you might, that might be your understanding of football if you've never actually been to a football match. Um, but that's not the, the experience. But if you could somehow, uh, I think most people would probably take sort of, like as with so many things, a reworked experience now. Um, and when we get to the championship and we get to championship corner, we understand how important getting fans into grounds is going to be for championship clubs. Um, so I think that that is, that is necessary now. And because of everything else that's happening, it seems ridiculous that we're still watching games with no, no supporters. I, su- I, suppose, I suppose the only argument, I suppose the only counter argument to sort of all, all that we've said is that any any football match or anything like that would require um, public facility like like public um, services like the police, like 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 uh, um, medical sort of staff on hand, blah blah blah. Like, however, um, when you've got battalions of people, when you, when you see when you see when you see videos of battalions of 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 police charging into house parties in Brixton and leaving. Soho alone, and and when you when you say when you see the the number of police videos of police in this country harassing black people, there's, 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 today there's been two things. There's been there's been a there's been a British athlete um, who who was who was stopped in her car, and and it's quite a sort of a harrowing video of her of, of her and her partner I think being pulled from the car while they've got a child in the car. You, you you've got you've got that situation you've got another situation where i believe there was a there was a bloke who was doing an interview i think with the bbc about being stopped by police um unfairly loads of times and then on the way back from the interview he 
he was stopped by the police again, and I think his I think his car it might have even been damaged in it. If if there's if there's police services services to do that bullshit, then then it's then then you can have it at football games. All right, chaps. Um, the amuse bouche. <laughs> the amuse bouche is, is over. It's it's time for the main course. Yes, it's what we've been waiting for. Yes. Uh, Matt Seward, are you there? Come in, I'm Matt. I'm fellas. How are we doing? Yes. Trembling, trembling with anticipation. How's, how's it going? Uh, it's gone all right. Um, I, I don't think I'm going to win any kind of awards for, for my work today. But, you know, I've got something. And I guess you'll see. We'll see what we see. If, if you like it, it's, it's, a, it's a freebie. <laughs> Paddy, Paddy, how do you feel right now? Yeah, I, I like. I'm. I'm. I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, let's do it. I, I just want to know if if this, if you're seeing this as a competition between me and Paddy, or yes. if, if, yes, or if okay, right, okay, yeah, nothing else. Okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> that's just kind of what it is, you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's just yeah. Let's just hear, and then we'll decide who tops yeah. and who tails. Matt, you want to go first? Go on then. EFL. 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 Wow! That is fucking. Oh, what were you doing? Oh, no. no, that's that's not fair. That's too good. You're gonna to have to have written like here, there, and everywhere or something. No, that was like French hip hop. That was ridiculous. like a Lancashire twist. What? <laughs> I have no, I... Just Justice, eat your heart though. That was I have nothing to add but my own life. All right, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, well, listen, hang on a second, right? Because I, I, you've actually, it's so good, actually, not my feckin' tune on my head. Hang oh, on. you're going to play it? You're, uh, you're playing it. I'm going to do it live. live. What, it what, live. what instrument? Piano. Oh, wow. Wow. <clears throat> not my first, but here we go, right? So let's see. We'll, we'll go up here. Right, can you hear this? Oh, yeah. Oh, can you? All right. All right, hang on. <sighs> Okay, so what was it again? Just play what Matt did. Just play the exact same thing. All right, this is my go. Here we go. Live! Spectacular. I mean, you know in was, some that, ways that you've was... really outdone me because, like, you've got about two hundred percent more words than yours than mine. Your your lyrics that was good. Is, is twice the length of mine. Thanks, Dad. Thanks. It was good. It Thanks. was good. You really yeah, undersold yeah. it, you. you know. But uh... all right. So, what do you think? Can we use? What are we thinking, Dion and Nas? Do you want to go? For, do you want to go first, Dion? Well, yeah, I would say. Well, we're just going to talk in terms. I don't want to get into the quality of the girl friends here we're not Simon yeah. Cowell you know we're not going to yeah. brutally tear you apart Paddy um, 
But uh, I would, I would let's let's top it with Matt and tail it with Paddy. That's why. Okay. I would, yes. I would say. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. This All is right. this is like Liverpool in the nineties. Two managers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have we've well let's we well, let's play in for the. Oh, it's not the inaugural because we've already had one championship corner, but our our first ever championship corner with the official championship corner top jingle. All right, go for it, Matt Seward. Okay, let's get let's get stuck in because we want to talk about Nottingham Forest. Yeah. So you're a Forest fan. Yeah, I'm a I'm a for my sins a Forest fan, yeah. Um so we had a we're having a decent this season. Uh we're sitting pretty in the playoffs at the moment. Um and despite our kind of best attempts at self sabotage yesterday, it looks like our place there is somewhat assured. Um so yesterday we played Derby. Uh we went one nil up early in the game and just completely screwed it up right at the end. Uh, very infuriating end, but that's kind of what Forest have been all about lately. It's the, uh, the third match in the last four that we've played where we've conceded in stoppage time, which is a pretty horrible streak that we're on. Um, just like unnecessarily kind of chaotic. I don't know if you watched it at all, but we're like way past the 90th minute. And uh, Martin Wyko on the derby forward, he's been kind of like getting increasingly frustrated as the as the game was going on and heading into the uh final few minutes red mist sort of descended on him and uh, he did a pretty horrible lunge on uh one of our players ryan yates which saw him sent off and forest had like defended really well shut them out the entire match and joe worrell just seemed like he was determined to leave one of them in vengeance before the final whistle so committed a completely needless foul giving away a free quick a free kick, which Rooney uh, curled into the box and Chris Martin converted. So yeah, three points became one for us for us yesterday. And Forest are in the they're in the they're in the mix to go up as well. They're going to be it's looking good for um, a playoff place now. Mass they're in fifth, sixty eight points. Uh, not looking likely they're going to go out of, up up automatically. Nine points off West Brom, who are on seventy seven and Leeds, who. Will, probably go up as well um uh, but it's it's kind of part of the 90s revival like nottingham forest back in the premier leads back in the premier yeah League. i mean that's that that's something i'm i'm really kind of happy about like i want to see forest go back up as a fan obviously but i'm also kind of just young enough to fall into the millennial bracket um and cliched as we might be as a generation like cliches are only cliches because they're true so I'm a prime suspect for falling into uh, some of the worst church, like uh, 90s nostalgia. So as much as I want to see Forrest back in the Premier League, um, just as a fan, I, I also want it for the 90s nostalgia factor, just having us and Leeds back there again, like, like the good old days. Um, like It's been two decades away for us now. It does feel like it's time for us to come back. You've got almost all the... Uh, most all the mainstays of the championship have kind of had a turn up there now. There's only like a handful of clubs left in the league who haven't been up to the top division. You've got Millwall and Preston, kind of your second tier mainstays who've been there pretty consistently during the whole Premier League era. And then the likes of Brentford and Bristol City who've established more of a championship presence over the last decade or so. But like other than those kind of like four or five teams, 
everyone's already been up and on up and through the ringer. So yeah, I think it's time for us to have a, another shot up there. But if it's not for us to be in the playoffs this year, then uh, maybe I can take some solace in the fact that Leeds and West Brom were respectively last year's three and four. And uh, so if they go up as the one and two this season, maybe that's the new trend. Perhaps it'll be us and Brentford in the automatic spots next year if we can beat Fulham on Tuesday. Or alternatively, uh, Coventry are flying quite high at the top of League One at the moment. So it's looking nailed on that they're going to return to the second tier. So maybe I should double down on this 90s nostalgia millennial shtick and hope for like a triumvirate of Forest Wednesday and Coventry next year. I think we can end. We I think we can end with this. I think we should play out with your uh, with your ballad, which reflects, I think, you know, uh, a, a weekend well spent. Was there, did it rain in Leitrim this weekend, buddy? By any chance? Oh God, so much rain! It's just the wettest weekend for like three months. But well, it produced some great art. That rain. Yeah, I like. I, 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 I like this. I really like this because it's like it's like we, we were led in with like something that sort of uh, it's quite 1975 in in terms of the band, not the not the year. But then, but then it, we end with like it's almost like an anthemic um, Elton John type yeah. uh, ditty. Let's play out then and say thanks very much to Matt Sayward and thank you to Dion Fanning and thank you to Nordine Chowdhury and thank you to you for listening. And if you haven't already done so, uh, do click subscribe and we will be back again later this week with more Football Spin. We'll talk then. Good luck. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation of Morocco. It's people's lives are at risk. Oli Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take that as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, have a bad shave. i
I get what I deserve 